in today's show. We're looking at the Washington Wizards for fantasy basketball, the last of the 30 fantasy basketball team previews and the last chance to get in to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your, well, Online actually has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. 30 teams, we're doing the 30th now for the fantasy basketball previews. After this, sleepers, busts, do not drafts, must drafts, mock drafts, ADP battles, a lot of those scheduled as well. So much interesting stuff. And this is the last chance for you to get in to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. So I'm not going to try and do the laugh because I know my voice is rooted. Ah, but warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> ha ha. All right, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, you know the drill. It's the bowl. It's 360 teams. I've got seven spots left for category leagues. 11 spots left for points leagues. Maybe some more for points leagues. So get your entries in because there are a few people who haven't um, uh, accepted their invites in some of the other leagues. L-O-F-B-Bowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, write Wizards Cats or Wizards Points. If you don't get Wizards Points, you might get another Points League, so just be aware of that. And I'll tell you later on what to put in the body of the email. The rules are linked below in the description or in the podcast notes. They're leagues, and we have an overall winner, $4,500 for each categories and for points. It's going to be exciting to see how it goes. Drafts have already started for some of the leagues, which is cool. In fact, some of them were like an hour or two hours in. We're already at the end of the first round, which is great. So that is going to be exciting. The last opportunity to get in. Make sure you're staying tuned to find out what you need to put into the subject. Um, sorry, into the body of the email. The subject is Wizards Cats or Wizards Points, depending on if you want in a points league or a category league. We're talking about the Washington Wizards who... When you listen to this podcast, they may have played their first preseason game. It's not going to change too much about what I think, but it is going to be worth watching over in Japan against the Golden State Warriors. The fact that they're playing a preseason game in Japan leads further credence to my idea that they drafted Rui Hachimura and played him as many minutes as they did because they just wanted the Japanese market. And that's unfair to Rui, perhaps. But I wouldn't say that he's good enough to have deserved all the minutes he's gotten over those first few years. And we'll see whether he gets entitlement minutes again this season. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Schedule breakdown. 52 quality games, it's marginally above average. 14 back-to-backs, marginally above average. So it's not, yeah, it's fine. Sort of in the middle. Their fantasy playoff schedule is sort of that as well. If you end your league on March 19th, which again is the date that I recommend ending. March the 19th, 10 games. 3, 4, and 3 is the schedule. If you end on March 26th, it's 11 games. 4-3-4, four, four. and if you end Yahoo default, it's 10 games. That's not that good. 
three, four, and three. So sort of middle to below average in playoff scheduling for the Washington Wizards. What are the pressure points with this team? Well, Bradley Beal was bad last season, really bad. A couple of years ago, he averaged 30 points a game, was like a top 15 player. His shooting was really poor. Was that the wrist injury or did he just drop off? There are a couple of things with Bill. I do not think he's got an ability to get back to where he was two years ago. He did that on a career-high steal rate. I don't really think that comes back. He did it on really high usage and 30 points per game. I don't think he's a 30-point-per-game scorer with Porzingis and Kuzma in the lineup as well. So I don't think we should get that back. But if his shooting is bad again, then he might not be even a top 40 player. If his shooting is back to being average, and he's never been an elite-level shooter, he's gotten by on volume rather than efficiency. But if his shooting gets back to okay, then maybe he gets to top 25, maybe. The starting small forward's also impactful. And it's not just for that person. Whether it's Corey Kispert, Will Barton, Rui Hachimura, or Denny Avdia, it changes how everyone else interacts. If Will Barton starts, Barton's a hog. He loves having the ball in his hands. He loves taking ill-advised shots. And that means that when he takes those ill-advised shots, there's fewer shots for Beal, Porzingis, and Kuzma, which is ridiculous, but that's what will happen. He took shots off Nikola Jokic, for God's sake. He'll also take ball-handling chances away from Monty Morris. If Hachimura's out there, he's a decent um, usage guy as well. They tend to feed him inefficient long twos. His three stepped up last season, but it impacts the distribution of other players. Now, if Avdi is in there, then he's just going to focus on defense. His usage will be so... It'll be rock bottom but it'll help all the other players. But it will decrease, even though Avdi might play more minutes, his, his value might be better in a smaller role coming off the bench. And then Kispert, if he plays out there, then he just provides more open and space for guys to work, like Kuzma and Porzingis and Beal, and more assist opportunities for Beal and Morris by being a spot-up shooter. So it changes a lot. Different, very different players. And then injuries. Beal missed most of last season, we know that. Don't act like Beal has been a pillar of health before that. He's had multiple issues with stress reactions in his leg in the past. He's played through it at times, but they're not great situations. They're this wrist injury. That's a problem. And of course, yeah, the big one, the unicorn in the room, it's Chris Tapps. You know, he came across to Washington in a trade. They lied and said, no, he's going to play next game. Three weeks later, he said and played. But then he played every game, big minutes, back-to-backs down the stretch. None of it made sense, which literally should be the Wizards' new motto. Hashtag, none of it makes sense. I don't get what they do in free agency. I don't get what they do with re-signing their players like legendary bag getter Bradley Beal. I don't get what they do in the draft. Every year, they make a pick and I go, fuck, that's terrible. Every, every year. Maybe Denny Avdi wasn't terrible, but every year I go, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my God, what are you doing? That's my idea with nearly everything this team does. And... I think it might be more of the same again. Yeah, that was that Pozinga stuff. But yeah, if he's healthy, a top 15 season is actually legitimately possible. The problem with Pozinga is we didn't get to see him really do it all with Kuzma or with Bill at all. They've never shared the court. How does it work? And can his knees actually stay healthy? I don't know. Maybe new sexy Pozinga with the beard is going to be you know, more rugged and staying out there longer. I doubt it. But you know, when you've got persistent knee problems, it's hard for that to get better. But what if he plays 70 games? I think there's so much value with him. So much. And his absence, though, much like when we're talking about the replacement or the, the starting small forward, if Porzingis is out, then Beal goes through the roof. Kuzma goes through the roof. Hachimura gets a bump. Barton gets a huge bump. 
Daniel Gafford becomes an absolute must-roster player. There's so much stuff changes with Porzingis and his injuries. And we really do need to pay uh, attention to that. And we hope he gets through it. But if, when, he, when he's out, so much stuff changes for so many other people. The one thing that never changes is Bet Online, the number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Got some college football action I'm going to tell you about today. Let's have a look. Let's pick a random college game we've got over at Bet Online. Any of these games good? None of the ones I'm looking at. Oh, we go. LSU Auburn, the Tigers. Are eight and a half point favorites. Which Tigers, you ask? The LSU Tigers are eight and a half point favorites over at betonline.net. And it's not just that. Matchups, news, podcasts, analysis, everything you need, including live betting, esports, up to the minute scores, everything's out there. The fastest and easiest way is BetOnline to check on all your favorite events like baseball, boxing, MMA, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. So breakout candidates. Guys that I think we might be talking about a little bit more highly during the year. I think it's an opportunity for Denny Avdia. I think he's a better player than Kispert. I think he's a better player than Hachimura. I think he's the option to, he should be the option to start at small forward. I think he can become a legitimate ball-moving defensive wing who's not going to be a great shooter. He also could get buried, play 20 minutes a night and do nothing. But there's an opportunity for him to break out. It's also an opportunity for Monty Morris to spread his wings a little bit. Now, I'm not someone who bought into the fact that because he's away from Nikola Jokic now, everything's going to go through the roof. Because he moves from a team where he was at times the number two option, number three with Barton there. Now he moves to a team where in the starting five, if Barton starts, he's number five. That's very, very low usage. And we know Beal likes to handle the ball and assist as well. But there is a chance for some more assist uh, opportunities, maybe some extra minutes for Morris, where he is the undisputed starting point guard, I would expect. Maybe Dylan Wright gets there, I doubt it. But there is an opportunity. But it's not like a clear-cut, huge usage bump coming for Morris um, because the other players around are higher usage than Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon, who was the guys he was starting alongside in Denver last season. But he does have a better opportunity this season. And uh, we'll talk about him in a second with terms of sleepers. There's a little bit of value for him across some fantasy sites. Let's talk sleepers right now, in fact. Porzingis is ranked too low. I know, he's, I know the injury is there. But ADP of 49 on Yahoo and 51 on ESPN, that's, that's round five. It's too late, man. End of round three, there's no blocks anywhere. Like, Rob Williams is out for three months. Jaron Jackson, who knows? Blocks were already scarce anyway, and we lose those two guys. So his block numbers become so much more valuable. And you do take a swing for it, but if we're willing to take a swing on Anthony Davis in round two, we should at least be willing to take a swing on Porzingis in round three, if not round four. Definitely not round five. There's so much value in him there. And then Monty Morris, who's at 127 on Yahoo, which is a bit sleepery as well. Fantrax at 117. That's yeah, about right. But ESPN's got him at 140, which is their default uh, ADP for people who don't really have an ADP. He's ranked at 143. Yeah, I definitely like that. Morris was 121st last season. So, yeah, you got a little bit of value in him there. I think... Kuzma in a points league is probably a top 100 guy, but Yahoo's got him at 101. I think for category leagues, that's about right, but I do find myself gravitating towards Kuzma, which if you know me and have listened to this podcast, you'll understand that that must mean that I think there's value because I have been an anti-Kyle Kuzma person for years and years and years. The hype has never justified where people how people view him. But 
this season in particular, after about round nine, you it's so hard to find any rebounding players. And if you do, it's Steven Adams who pisses on your free throws and scores six points a game or whatever he does. Like to get a decent scoring player who gets rebounds with okay percentages, it's Kuzma at this point in the draft. There's not many other guys around. So I find myself going, shit, I need some rebounds. I mean, round nine, Kuzma's there. I'll go get him. And again, this is not, it's not about me having favoritism or not favoritism. As some people seem to think, I hate this guy or I love this guy. Like I have consistently been anti-Kuzma. I'm getting him in so many drafts. And I think he's spot of 101 on Yahoo in a points league. I think he's like an 80 guy in a points league. Um, I think that's really good value for him. And even in a category league, it's about, it's about spot on. I wouldn't say it's a sleeper, but I think it's about spot on in a category league. I don't really think there are any busts for this team. Beal's ADP is pushed down far enough. Pozingas is low. Like he's ranked 61 on, on fan tracks, which is stupid. Like no one really screams as being a huge bust. I could say, and I, and I'm, I am always against this, but you know, guys like Johnny Davis got an ADP of 136. Like that's insane. You don't pick him there, but it's outside the top 100. Rui Hachimura's got an ADP of 139. I'm not interested in that at all. But it's like your last round pick. It doesn't really matter. Do I want to pick Dan Gafford in the last round? I guess you could do it as insurance for Porzingis. But if he doesn't, if Porzingis is healthy, Gafford provides no value. But they're not really busts as such. They're just guys whose ADP, especially Hachimura and Davis, who would just seem too high for me. But I wouldn't say it's a bust because it's 140. It's not that bad of a pick. Upside fly picks. These are guys I like for last round. Denny Abdia. Look, if he played 30 minutes a night, he could get steals, maybe three and a half assists, five rebounds, nine points, two threes. It might be okay. I think the upside is relatively limited with Avdia, but it's something. Barton's the one. If they do give him the starting spot, maybe he cracks top 100, maybe. But I think there's some upside in him. The other one is Kispert. All these guys battling for that starting spot. I guess I could put Rui Hachimura there, but this guy's been given usage and minutes for years and he's never really produced fantasy value in big chunks. Like, never at all. So, I'm less interested in taking him with an upside flyer pick. I just haven't seen him do it. He's had opportunities. He hasn't done it. And it's very squishy there in terms of the minutes available um, at the three or at the four. So I'm not really sure there's the upside there. And I, I wouldn't like to play him at the three. Maybe they do. Maybe they play him 30 minutes a night. Force feed him usage again for the fourth year in a row. But I'm not sure that's... God, I hope not. I hope that's not what they're going to do. At least it gives me stuff to talk about on the podcasts. Um, Let's have a look at how the roster shakes out. I think they will start Morris, Beal, Avdia, Kuzma, and Pozingas. Originally... I thought it would be Barton, but then when Wes Unseld came in media day and was like, no, we've got a full open competition at uh, small forward, that to me opened things up. Unseld coached with, or assistant coach in Denver with Barton. Barton was my presumed starter. And the fact that he didn't come out and say Barton's a front runner or Barton's in, in likely to get it means, oh, okay, I think that, because the Barton fit doesn't make sense in that starting five. And Abdi, it does. And the fact that Unseld wasn't coming out and saying, well, Barton's got it, makes me think that it's more likely to go with a guy that fits. And I think the fit is either Avdia for defense or Kispert for shooting. So I think that opens that up a little bit there for those guys. We talked about Morris already. He's a strong pick around 100. Assists are hard. If you want to go at 90, go. Like getting those, like around the Trey Jones area, why not? 
He was, I believe, post-All-Star break, 65th in Category Leagues, Monty Morris. So there maybe is a little bit of upside there. But again, he could be the fourth offensive option, maybe fifth in the starting lineup. Beal, could he be top 20? I think it's a stretch. Top 15, I doubt it. But he's got a real chance of beating some of his numbers here. He's got to score well. The problem is he's not a high three guy. He's not a high percentage guy, not a high volume guy. He'll get good assists. And it's going to come down to really his rank number is going to come down to one steal or 1.4 steals a game. You get 1.4 steals, you're top 20. That's why I'm always, always cautious of steals, guys, because a change, not much of it, like one extra steal every three games, can jump you 20 spots like that. You go from below average at one steal to 1.4 being well above, and your value all of a sudden looks amazing. And the way he was able to put together that top 12 season was by averaging 1.5 steals a game. Now, that's not including the years he averaged 30 points. The last time he averaged 25 points, he did it with 1.5 steals, and he was still up at like 15 or 16. But I don't look, he's only ever done that once with those high steals. So that's, that's the difference. But that can swing things a lot. And you know, I've, I've talked about this before. Like these guys who put these big increases in steals up, you're always going to be a little bit cautious that if it drops off, their value disappears a lot. And Buddy Hill is one of the key examples that over the course of his career, it might be 0.8 steals in 1.4, and it changes your rank so much. And people just obsess or hyper-obsess uh, onto the rank number, uh, determining the value of a player. Avdia, again, last round flyer, that's probably about it. Kyle Kuzma, yeah, look, eight rebounds a game, maybe, seven, 15 points. I don't think he's going to be as good as what he was end of last season, where he did so much without Beal and without Porzingis. But I think he's solid enough, and he's done enough to be the starting power forward playing 30-plus minutes. How he can fit with those other guys still remains a question, but I, I do like him late. And then there's Porzingis, who we have spoken about many times already. I think there's tremendous value in him as a draftable player. Um, upside is huge. It's so big. Now, I don't know whether he... I don't think he does what he did end of last season when Beal wasn't there and Kuzma wasn't there as well. But 20-8... and eight, Two threes, two blocks, 45, 85, why not? Why is that not possible? The thing you got, is it is it 65 games or is it 50 games? Because if it's 65 games, he pisses in the third round, like pisses it in. If it's 50 games, then you are around that fifth round area. But I find it hard to see any downside in picking him at pick 50, where his current ADP is and multiple sites. Barton's that last round flyer in case he gets a starting job. But in 26 bench minutes, I wouldn't bother with it. He's so inefficient and you know, lacks a little bit with defensive stats. Hachimura, as I said, I'm just not a Hachimura guy. Um, he's not a good category league player. He lacks in steals and blocks. His three-point shooting percentage was good, but the volume was low, even though it did improve. And he just needs everything to go his way. He's going to need Bill or Puzingas to be injured or Kuzma to be out and him to become the second offensive option to really have a crack at value. And that's just too many things that need to happen for him to become that player. Gafford's an interesting one because if he starts... He's a top 80 guy pretty easily. Last season, they were made some ridiculous decisions to keep him out of the rotation and start Bryant and Harold, two guys who aren't on the team anymore, when Gaffer was clearly the best center of the group. Got no problem with him bringing in Paul Zingas and starting them over Gaffer because he's clearly better than Gafford. Right, but Gafford's pretty good. And if he had to start, if Paul Zingas is out, the other centers are a nobody. Like Isaiah Todd, who's more of a four. Anthony Gill the original um, user of this soundbite. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> They're not centers. So Gafford would probably play 30. 
and you'd smash the top 80, maybe top 70. Is it worth having him on your team waiting for a Porzingis injury? That usually doesn't go well. Look at Andre Drummond last season. You have him there then when Porzingis is out, you get him. But if you're in a situation where you're in a weekly lock league, a Roto Games Cap league, an extended bench league, where instead of a 10-3 split, you're at a 10-5 split, where holding guys on the bench becomes more viable because you don't use every single slot every single day, then he's a great guy to hold on to. Through the roof, upside, with a guy who's got bung knees in front of him. It's amazing. But it's got to be the right spot. If you're holding on to him, he's playing 15 minutes a night, you know, five, six weeks in a row, you're wasting a spot. But if everything else on your team is super strong and you can afford it, do it. So it's all going to be about individual league settings, how strong you're... If you're struggling and you're losing matchups because you've got Gafford there, well, you've got to get rid of him. But if you're winning and you can hold him, yeah, then it's interesting, isn't it? Um, Dylan Wright, I think, is a really good player, but there's just too many guys in front of him here. We know when he's had opportunities in the past, like in Detroit a few years ago. You start him, he gets steals, he gets assists, he can hit some threes at times, he rebounds, he's really good. But this, yeah, it would need Morris to be out and probably another starter to be out for him to maintain that or achieve that value. Corey Kispert, just in the long litany of Wizards players I didn't like when they drafted. He's an older guy who can hit some threes, but I don't know what else he does at this stage. And the fantasy game's not ideal and the opportunities are going to be limited this season, I believe. Taj Gibson's here. Oh, actually, sorry, my bad. Taj Gibson's the third string center. Anyway, Gafford will still play 30. Gibson's an emergency guy. Johnny Davis, again, a first round pick that I hated from them. I just don't see where he plays. He doesn't play over Morris or Beal or Wright or Barton. He looked terrible in Summer League. I thought it was a bad pick at the time. I think I had him at like 16 or 17 on my board. He could prove me wrong. Sure. I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity to do it this season. Anthony Gill, yeah, why is he got why did he get resigned? I've got no idea. Isaiah Todd, I don't really think he's an NBA caliber guy at this point. Vernon Carey, similarly. And Jordan Shackle on a two-way. The back end of this roster, Davis, Gill, Todd, Carey, Shackle, is one of the worst back ends of a roster in the entire NBA. I think they've got a solid starting five. Okay, bench pieces with Barton, Hachimura, Gafford, right? But man, the drop-off is bad. You get two injuries out of that top 10, and, and you, you, you're rooted, I think. That is just a really, really pedestrian back end of a roster. That gets me to what you have to include in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl email. What are we going to throw in there? Where did Rui Hachimura rank in category leagues last season? The answer is 255th. Put that in the body of your email. Just as I recorded this, a trade went down. The Thunder and the Rockets sent a bunch of guys to each, back and forth to each other. Um, I don't think it has a huge impact. Both of those teams had so many guys over um, the roster limit that nearly every one of those players I projected was going to get cut. Favors, Maladon, Jerome, Mo Harkless, Sterling Brown, David Nwaba, Marquis Chris, Trey Burke. I thought they were all going to get cut. And now, on their new teams, I think they're all going to get cut again. I think Ty Jerome might make it onto the Rockets roster, but I think everyone else is just going to get cut. Which... It was just really tax-saving moves and that sort of stuff. Maybe Jerome or Maladon makes the roster, but a lot of guys need to be cut. All those guys I'd projected to get cut, apart from Harkless, and now I think Jerome stays, but that's about it. They're all going to go, I think. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up, you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.